Scottish Tech Army podcast. I'm Kirsty McIntosh and this is episode 11. I would like to introduce to you properly today uh, my co-host Graham Johnson, to whom I feel a huge apology because I've never actually really introduced him properly. So my first guest today is Graham Johnson and he's going to tell me <laughs> and you all about who he is and what he does. Hello Graham and welcome. Hello. To I, don't, I can't believe I'm getting a I'm getting a special bit about me. That's crazy. Well, I've been very remiss. I keep telling people that I'm going to tell them who you are, and then we haven't done anything about it. So uh, today we're going to take that opportunity. So tell us how you arrived in the tech company first. Um, I saw it on uh, on LinkedIn actually. It's f- funny because it's similar to what other people say. I saw it on LinkedIn. Um, it immediately struck me as this sounds like an amazing, uh, amazing thing to 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 get involved in. I didn't know what I could do to help, and um, I but I just got in touch and and ended up having a conversation with Alistair and um, joining. And it, I think it was day three or four so i didn't quite get one of those fancy first responder um uh, badges but i was quite jealous of actually seeing people post them on the uh, on their linkedin profile and stuff but anyway um i was a kind of you know i was a soon after responder i don't know how you describe it but um yeah I, I think i said at the start i was i didn't know what i could contribute but i wanted to be involved because it just seemed like such a, a great set up and um i think i managed to introduce a few people to the scottish tech army and, and a few vendors who were keen to sort of provide their services um but obviously given that my role is not technical and i um you know i'm a certified product owner scrum product over and all that kind of stuff but it's been a long time since i've actually done that um i wasn't able to you know really do anything that was going to add value to an actual project um but i wanted to be around and i wanted to support where i could also i've got a full-time job which is more than a full-time job at the moment anyway and um so getting any time really to support the scottish tech army was going to be done um evenings and weekends essentially where i could find any any spare time outside of my my work to to contribute in any way shape or form so then when the podcast started i thought you know what i can help out with that Yep, I'm very grateful for that help. I am, I can tell you. And, and I have one of those badges that you so covet as well. I, know, yeah. I was a first responder. <laughs> so tell us about this full-time job that's more than a full-time job and keeps you busy because you're known as the Omni guy. So, so uh, what that? <laughs> yeah, that's my Twitter handle. It's just because that's what I got referred to as. You know, I basically, I work for Three UK, so I um, I head up Omni Channel and um, have done f- that particular role within Three for the last three years, actually. Um, but prior to that it was very much um retail i was uh i worked for several businesses running um you know retail regions and states and and uh, at three i joined to run the north and so um scotland northern ireland north of england and i always always had a passion for digital always had a passion for tech and always had a passion for customer experience and and sort of meshed the three of them together and i got the opportunity to run retail transformation set up a retail transformation division within three about four years ago and while doing that realized that you couldn't really have a strategy for just a physical retail channel and then someone else do a strategy for contact center and someone else do a strategy for online etc etc you needed to have an omni-channel strategy because that's the way that people shop now they don't just go into one channel and start and end their journey they go into multiple channels and actually you can't predict where 
if you think about how you shop, you know, you might research online, go into the shop. If it's a big purchase, you might want to get a demo of the product and then you might want to speak to somebody in a contact center and then um, purchase online and get it delivered to you. That's an omni-channel experience. And actually, you know, what omni-channel means to me really is how you work out what customers want and need across all those different channels and how best to bring them all together in a, in a seamless experience for customers. So that's what it means. And that's what I do at three. That's fascinating. And actually I'm just thinking here about some of the projects that we've got coming up and, um, and your head, basically, <laughs> <laughs> I think we could really use your, we could really benefit from your experience in that. So, so you just talked yourself into even more work. <laughs> Happy to help however I can. Fantastic. So how's the pandemic and the lockdown affected you and your ability to work? Have you just been able to do it, but work from home or has it had a huge impact? At work? Oh, it's, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it has had a big impact because, you know, I used to be on the road a lot. I used to travel a lot for the role because my team are all over the place, but, um, I, we, we are very well set up remotely. I used to work a couple of days a week from home anyway, um, because of where I am. I live in Edinburgh, but our head office is in Maidenhead and there's, we've got a, an office in Glasgow as well. So I used to work a couple of days from home and then travel the rest of the time. But my team are very agile. We managed to set up, you know, literally day one, we're, we're fully remote, but the pandemic has really, I guess, brought to the fore all the stuff that we've been working on for the last few years, which is, you know, enabling people in retail to work from home. So we've got something called Three Store Now, which is where people on the shop floor in our retail stores are are able to support customers remotely uh, via chat, video, and uh, messaging. And so they were able to work from home from day one. And uh, we had, you know, not everybody because there wasn't, you know, you know enough interactions for everybody but we were able to have a group of people working from home to be able to support customers that were visiting our website and needed to to have that human interaction that human support that we were able to do then the other side that we were able to do is the one-to-many broadcasting so something we started a couple of years ago um was three live so one-to-many broadcasting you go to our e-commerce site and you want to see a, a phone this was a way of being able to bring the demo to life uh, so the we had our, our three live team that we used used to be in a studio in Glasgow, four of them, all managed to be managed to get them set up at home. So, unfortunately, less than they had their living rooms were like turned into mini studios. They had uh, lights and cameras and backdrops and all this kind of stuff. And we we, we got an amazing video done uh, of 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 them at home. You know, someone in their spare room, someone in the kitchen, someone in the living room, where they were doing these broadcasts to literally thousands of people on the hour, every hour for half an hour every day and they were doing it from their own home so it was amazing how quickly we were able to get it all stood up and how we were able to support people during that 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 lockdown and actually one of the things we did do which we involved the tech army in was we were um we did some um support for charities during lockdown where we were sending phones and connectivity to charities and um we were able to do what a bespoke broadcast every morning where those charities that had the phones delivered to to people who needed the the connectivity were able to log on to one of those broadcasts watch um our team basically bring into life how to use the phone how to set it up and then able to answer questions directly so yeah it's amazing well that's fantastic i mean that really is i didn't i didn't know that so something else i didn't know that's absolutely wonderful what a great story thanks very much uh well We've got work to do, I yeah. suppose, um, for podcasts in the future. So, um, so we better kind of move on. Things are a bit different this week because uh, uh, I actually caught up with one of our of other volunteers 
earlier on this week, Josh Havens, we had a, a fantastic conversation with him about the experience that he's had coming into the tech army um, from a non-tech background. So that kind of ties in pretty much with, with your own experience there. Definitely. Well, Graham. So, Brilliant. So uh, we'll go and have a We'll go and have a listen to uh, to what Josh has to say, um, and uh, and welcome aboard officially. Thank Thanks you. very much for coming on the podcast. Delighted. Thanks for that. That's brilliant, and we can't wait to hear this interview. Hello, Josh. Hi, Kirsty. Welcome aboard. It's great to see you again, Josh. You've got quite an interesting story for the Tech Army, um, uh, so I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about uh, how you arrived here. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll have to cast our minds back to about March time. I work. Uh, currently at the airport and I was put on furlough and I kind of spent the month sort of just find some time to relax uh, to figure out how I could keep myself busy and then we get to sort of April time and I start seeing something uh, propping up on my LinkedIn um, called the Scottish Tech Army and I'm like oh that that sounds really cool looked a bit into it then read that it was sort of like for tech experienced people and I was like well I'm just kind of like a, a BA in a in an aviation industry where I'm predominantly doing like construction stuff. Uh, I was like, so that doesn't really apply to me. But as the weeks went by, I kept noticing it. And I was like, well, maybe maybe they could it could be something I could get involved in. And then one day, uh, one of my best friends, who is also an active member of the Scottish Tech Army, uh, Cameron Butcher, was like, just get yourself involved. You know, you've got nothing else to lose. You've got nothing else to do at the moment. You know, there's always an opportunity to learn new stuff. So I was like, yeah, do you know what? Let's just let's just go for it. It's a bit of a bit of a, a struggle, sort of typing in what my what my job role was because obviously not being a, a tech person, I just so I just kind of put uh, the BA role. Got slotted in with the rest of the BAs, and I, and I, I, it was hilarious because when I joined the first BA huddle. Everyone was going around the room what they do, and they're like, "Oh yes, I'm uh, I work as a BA in banking, or I'm with a tech company." And I was just think I was just thinking, I was just like, "Oh crap, what am I going to say?" <laughs> I was like, "Don't don't make yourself come across as a negative that you're not experienced. You are experienced. You're just not experienced in the same aspect as everyone else." So I was like, "Right, that's fine, that's fine." And I was like, "Hi everyone, I'm Josh. I'm a BA uh, looking to to gain more experience in the tech." the tech industry um, and to see how I can impact the Scottish Tech Army and and how we can help others in the area that need help. So first few weeks went by, Was there were projects. So I was aware that the STA, what they were doing is they were having external third sector organizations reaching out to ask for help. And that, that really kind of sparked my interest because being able to kind of give back um, your time and effort to those that are struggling at the moment was really sort of like a, a key factor for me. And I wanted to have the opportunity. And I was really excited about getting involved, especially not having worked since March and wanting to kind of have something to own. Um, and I applied for a few projects and there wasn't really any traction on that until there was a channel created called the Buddy Channel or it was the Mentor Channel. But it was basically an opportunity where people with less experience could reach out to those that are more experienced to gain knowledge or gain better understandings. Um, and I just reached out on there. I said, look, I'm a great, I'd say I'm a, I'm a great BA. I'm, I'm great at like problem solving and, and helping businesses to find requirements. But what I don't have, I'm looking for is someone who can talk to me about the tech industry and how the role that I've been doing for the last three years kind of slots in to that industry. Um, and one of the recruitment team, Lisa reached out and she's like, we've got an opening with the triage team where they are looking because of the, the amount of projects that were coming through, 
from um, externally, they're looking for uh, an assistant that can come in and kind of help help them out, um, particularly with uh, with one person who could also offer to teach you new things about the tech um, industry and also the product side of it. And I was like, great, that sounds good. Um, she's like, it'll probably take up about three hours a day of your time. And I was like, I've got I've got nothing else on and, and any opportunity to kind of keep myself busy or help out would would be great. Uh, so the next day, I had my first conversation with, uh, with you and Cameron, who's part of the triage team. And just got along really well straight from the from the get go. Um, we did some work initially when the the food bank requests were coming through, and we, there was a connection or there was a theme cropping up with food banks. We wanted to figure out how we could track this, how we could progress it. So I did a bit of work with him to kind of build almost like a, a plan together um, on that. And then other times it was just getting a bit of coaching from him, from what he does, and 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 a bit more insight to his sort of like day-to-day job. And eventually we would sort of dish out, so the projects that he'd be assigned to that we would dish out between us. So I would be actually taking a few of them and, and almost running with them and speaking with charities um, as well as shadowing him on others. And we did that probably from about May until end of July, where the guys asked me if I wanted to start taking ownership of my own projects as well. So the experience that you got working on the triage team, would you say gave you the confidence to take on your own projects when you yeah, when you were absolutely. up to later on? Um, I think when I first joined in with the triage team, it was a lot of times where the requests that were coming through, I needed to either ask Ewan, first of all, what on earth they were talking about, but also kind of figure out my own way of approaching these projects. So many times we were on, we were on calls and you could see sort of the, the stress in the in the requesters sort of expressions and and the way they kind of approached their their need and it was it was almost really good and it was really interesting to kind of help them even if it wasn't even what they'd requested we couldn't do just because it didn't fit in with our criteria but being able to offer them some form of support to see the benefit and the and the appreciation from that as well i yeah. thought it was really yeah. really good at the end of the day right. we're um we're a voluntary group and, and there are certain things that could come across as too big an ask. So in those instances, we always look for the, the slices of value to see what we can we can do for them. Yeah, I think also it's uh, it's one of these things where it's very easy to think that you have a particular problem and it's natural for people to try to want to come up with their own solution to that problem, which is often what, what they come to the tech army with saying, we can't do A, so we need B. Um, and actually, then in conversation with them, you realize that what they really can't do is C. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you gave them D, uh, that that actually might help them you know, achieve what it is that they want to achieve. And I think that's a hugely satisfying part of what we do here is actually having those conversations and, and letting people or giving them the time to understand the problem that they really have um, so that you can come up with a solution for them. And even if actually the tech army in, in and of itself can't help them solve that problem because of, for whatever reason they don't fit the criteria, the fact that you've sent them away with a clear indication of what it is they actually really do need to do is a huge step forward forward for them as well and it's it's a way for them to kind of keep going i think that's one of the great things about the tech army as well i think that's been really good yeah it's, it's great it's great to let them 
know that their problem isn't impossible to solve and it, it kind of gives them sort of like a, a weight is almost lifted I, I can't even begin to imagine the the strain that organizations and charities have had by having to pivot a lot of their services online and just being able to come in and give them a helping hand whether it be as something as simple as helping them with video conferencing problem uh, like support or even like helping care groups set up like digital devices so that they can continue to provide support for their for their carers is just something that is so small but yet has such a great impact yeah and the fact that actually they didn't just throw their hands up in the air and go oh well we can't do anything because because we're not allowed to do it the way we used to do it i mean the fact they're actually just willing to go and find an alternative solution to the problems they were facing is it's a huge testament to the uh, the charity sector in scotland it really is uh, that they were they were able to do it and actually brilliant obviously that the mm-hmm. tech family was there to to help them no it has it's been it's it's been a great use of, of time as obviously the the months go by and yeah it's just fantastic and it's, it's great speaking to loads of of interesting people as well and and kind of hearing their stories and how they first got involved with their their own organizations and you can see a real sort of real drive and a real passion for what they do and and to be able to try to continue to do that as well is just is massive massively important yeah i'm very struck by what you said about questioning whether you were qualified to volunteer for the tech army and then once you got there kind of really doing the (laughs) full-blown syndrome i shouldn't really be here what am i going to say on these calls um because i can certainly i can certainly um attest attest to that as well um but i think it's great that you um that you were brave enough i suppose would be a a bit of a patronizing expression you know what I mean it's, it, that you are willing to put yourself forward and into an awkward sort of potentially an awkward sort of situation and just to see where it would take you and uh and yeah you definitely owe Cameron a beer for that <laughs> yeah yeah I do but uh yeah exactly what you're saying Kirsty and I think with, with the ST you, you put out what you get out what you put in you join a group that is just really sort of like friendly and it's it's a really inviting place to kind of to get stuck in with even if you're not or you can't commit a number like a huge amount of time to it even just checking in now and again you just see the sort of the excitement that's still there and being able to help organizations and even though we've had people start to return to work and and volunteers obviously not being able to be available all the time we're still seeing with the projects coming out that people are still coming forward and being like well i am working full-time but however i can give these amount of hours to this to this project and it's been great it's made our job a lot easier as well getting these external projects kicked off yeah it's, it's really good i think luke woolett was saying that he as a project manager had had to just kind of modify his management style to accommodate the capabilities of the volunteers in terms of when when they could volunteer their time um i got they very much got the impression when we spoke to him that, that he'd found that a real challenge but a good challenge and, and it seems to me judging by um the success of the projects that he's been operating that he's managed to he's managed to make that switch really quite successfully and it's so important for the people who are being managed by people like that that actually they feel that the contribution that they're making is significant mm-hmm. but they can really only do it in their own time especially if they're working or if they've got families and they've got other kind of responsibilities as well and I think to be able to deliver projects almost like on a 24-hour clock if you like some people do it at six in the morning some people can do it at two o'clock in the afternoon and others can't do it till midnight or Saturdays or Sundays or something but the projects still get delivered anyway I think that's one of the one of the really nice things about it it's yeah. really good it's interesting you mentioned um time zones and obviously some people have had to adapt to to make sure they can still fit in the volunteering i received probably the earliest email st related and that was at 20 to 5 in the morning it was just 
the the level the detail of the email was 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 quite impressive and the organization responded probably about half eight being like this is exactly what we need and you know it's it's fantastic to see how how much you get what we're what we need and uh and i just yeah, i i woke up and saw my phone i was like that's ridiculous that's mental <laughs> like there's there's that there's that flexibility and there's that fluidity that that people are actively wanting to help out and it doesn't matter what time of day it is that they are still willing to give time to help these great organizations is yeah it's really humbling for me to to see i think there's a really interesting business lesson in there as well about making the most of people's capabilities when they are most willing to you know fulfill them if you like you know sometimes i'm very much the kind of person that wakes up in the middle of the night with a bright idea um and i'd love to be able to talk to people about it in the middle of the night but uh it doesn't kind of really work and i think one of the things with business is if you're saying well actually you can only have your your brilliance can only shine between nine and five mm-hmm. it just sort of seems such a waste a waste yeah. of everybody's energy and efforts doesn't it yeah um, that's cool Do those little ideas just get written down and then discussed at breakfast the next day well, for me, they just, if they don't get articulated straight away, they never reappear. So, so I have to write them down instead. Um, anyway, tell us a little bit about some of the projects that you've worked on specifically. Although I've not worked on, like, seen it from start to end, um, obviously with my role um, in the triage team, I do a lot of the, the front end work. So we, when we're assigned a new request, um, we do a lot of the background discussions so i'll reach out to the charity or the third sector organization get to know a bit about them understand a bit better what their request is we're very fortunate sometimes our requests that come through are straight to the point this is what i need other times you can sense that you need to do a bit more just discovery and with them you need to kind of just talk to them and and if you require if you feel that you need someone with a particular skill set we sometimes reach out and ask them to join the call as well just to kind of help articulate um what the problem is and then once we feel that it kind of is something we are able to do we then sort of reach out to the resource team to gather a a volunteer to kind of help out then we do that kickoff sort of introductory call once that's all good to go and then we just kind of check in now and again to see how everyone's getting on so a few of the projects that i've worked on the first one I ever um, had the pleasure of speaking to was um, with Rural, Rural Urban and Training Scheme. Um, they're a great third sector organization based in Edinburgh that help kids learn some key vocational skills in a cool environment as well. From talking with their their CEO, it's sort of like boxing, it's motorbiking and all, and all sorts. But what they, the challenge that they had was they'd recently purchased a learning management uh, system. And because although they did offer online sort of SQA sort of courses and stuff, they recognized quite early on that there's, there was going to need to be more of an input online. So they purchased a system they were given the almost like the guides to it, but the guides weren't comprehensive enough to kind of help them get from A to B. So we brought someone in to kind of with that experience in, in learning management systems to kind of help them to do that. And very quickly, um, they were able to solve the issue for them. And yeah, it was great. It was great to see see that sort of impact. Um, I've had great conversations with, with a number of third sector organizations. Grace's Chocolates in... I think it's sort of Sterling area. Her story is incredible. Joyce, she uh, teaches vocational skills to women who have either been in the justice system or have been 
impacted by the justice system um, and teach them vocational skills through making truffles, basically. A lot of these women are vulnerable. And so the way that she teaches them to kind of almost get back involved with society and, and stuff is, is really, it was really moving to hear her story. And we helped her with a bit of website sort of auditing. So there were a couple of queries she had with a website that she wasn't sure of. So like the security of it and a couple of the e-commerce sort of plugins for it. But also through this discovery that we did, a lot of her, a lot of the ladies that she works with, obviously, if they've just come out of the justice system, they aren't aware of the latest technology. So she would have classes with sort of seven or eight women, but maybe a third of them or a quarter of them wouldn't actually have ever used the latest sort of like mobile phones or anything like that, which was wow. was really, which was really, uh, yeah, it kind of put it into perspective, like how the world just goes by so quickly. And, and if you, if you're not on that, on that journey, you could come jump back into it and be feel a bit vulnerable and I feel a bit anxious about all this this new new age tech so we did a piece of well we did a piece of discovery with her to kind of figure out how she was going to continue to provide these vocational skills trainings to these women and we looked at sort of like digital enablement and what what devices would work well for her um, and we got a couple of volunteers to kind of help out kind of building a spec of what what devices out there would be really good so ones that don't require a lot of maintenance ones that could be managed from like one particular device and because a, a lot of the time with, with these women is if they've been in the system they probably don't want to be online because there might be uh, you don't know what the circumstances are there, there, could, there could be people out there that kind of maybe would want to get back in touch so we were able to help Joyce with that and Grace's chocolates and that was a great that was a great piece uh, project to work on and and me and you and still have a good really good relationship with with Joyce and I mean, I I could go on f forever with the number of different projects that I've had to be that I've been involved with because there's such a variety of need in this sector, and I think coming into this sector with only the aviation sort of background in me. I, I truly didn't appreciate just the sheer variety of of tech problems mm -hmm. that there could be, and you know I've been I've been involved with requests where they're looking to develop something, or they're they're needing assistance with certain softwares that they don't have the tech technical know how to to build, even to the point where we've got we've had certain sort of social enterprises say, well, was was really um, grateful for a volunteer to build a website for me, but actually I don't feel confident enough to use it or or there were certain circumstances that prevented me from being shown how to use it. And it just, even small things like that, where you just think, God, it, not having, not being able to be confident in your own website that really now is going to be the only offering you can, you can have is, is so important. So we've been, it's been great to kind of get people who have that know-how to kind of help them gain, gain confidence in their own sort of platforms and, and kind of show them and take the time to really help them and and you see the benefits um with with that particular one I was on a sort of like a project closed down call with with them and and the the reviews were glowing and the volunteers did a great job and fortunately enough it was then handed over to a wet, someone who built websites for a living and because of the work that the STA had done, it was a fairly, or it was projected to be a pretty quick build so that the organization could transition to this new website and get up and running. And it would be something that he'd be confident in because he'd be taken along the journey of it as well, which is fantastic. So I think it's really interesting you say that. I think that's one of the, the, the double-edged swords about tech is it moves so quickly that it leaves many people behind. And actually, if your first experience of tech is bad, 
then it's very difficult to to have confidence in it. So the, the, there's an awful lot of folk out there who just be going, I don't know what, I, there's no way I can mm-hmm. I can do anything with that website. And it's really really nice to to be part of the the process of showing people that that's that that's the way things the way things are now, and that it's not something to be afraid of. And actually, you know, when you do embrace it, look look at the difference that you can make. You know, you can. You can reach more people more efficiently, more effectively. Um, you know, if you embrace the sort of the tech side as well. And I think I think it's very interesting that you say that actually getting down and sort of dirty and really understanding why things are so difficult sometimes. So yes, you can have a better website, but actually, if you don't feel confident using it, then it could be the best website in the world and it would still be useless. So actually, understanding that the the problem that you're trying to solve there is is multi layered. Um, it's, it's brilliant. I mean, and your experience there is really valuable to Tech Army because, you know, as we move move out of this kind of initial sort of crisis phase and into the next really crappy bit, yeah. um, then then that experience is going to be really valuable to the Tech Army when, they, when we're trying to help the next tranche of people who need us. Yeah, absolutely. So what's next for you then? What's your... Uh... So um, for me, I am obviously with, with the, the aviation industry, not maybe doing the best as it could be, um, I will be in a position to be looking for new opportunities. And although that would be a worrying sort of aspect, uh, for me, it, it would be my, this is my first career. So I came out of uni, straight into the airport, fantastic place to to kind of learn in, in quite a dynamic environment and really start to hone those skills that I'd started learning at university. For me, the second career is quite an exciting one. Although obviously it's it's a tough time just now, I'm fairly confident that there's going to be a great opportunity coming around the corner where I can take what I've learned from the airport and I can take what I've learned from the tech army as well. And I can start to even sort of make make inroads into, into the tech industry um, and start to kind of see... Where, where that path leads patience is a virtue and and that's probably one of the the biggest things i've learned this year is that patience prevails and the right opportunity will come up absolutely and as you say every day is a school day so um if you're involved in the tech army mm-hmm. you'll always be picking up something something new and making making new connections and yeah. also i think one of the nice things is that i think what you're describing there can be very isolating for people and it's really nice that in the tech army there's that kind of pool of contacts that you can just you know, reach out to for yeah, that. Definitely. And that you just never know you, you never know who's who you're gonna have a conversation with and and what that mm-hmm. what that could lead to. Um yeah, and and totally agree with the whole the team element of the STA. I mean, I would say us in the triage team are quite close. We do have like sort of probably about two calls a week. And although there are some of us that are actually back working um, as well, we I'd say we're quite a, a tight knit group and and we get on really well. And we've fortunately not been able to meet face to face yet. And we did have something planned until the restrictions came. But no, it's great and it, it makes it easier to do to, to kind of like commit time to this when you've got people that you enjoy sort of working with. And and, and and spending time with on, on Zoom calls because although a Zoom call isn't the same as like being in a face to face meeting, you still I don't know about you, but there is definitely a Zoom fatigue where you've been on Zoom calls all day and you just finish up and you're yeah. like, Oh, oh no, I've got another one. <laughs> but but it, but it's great. You have you have those people um on Slack and you've got people that you, you spend time with, even if it's like a 
a virtual water cooler or something like that where you can just sort of almost shoot the breeze and just just chat Definitely. as if it's just like um almost as if it's like a chat room with with some great people that you would never really come across and, unless you really went out and searched for it so yeah i think that's very true as well you don't you wouldn't normally come across the kind of people that we that we come across within the tech army it's not if it's if it's not your usual your usual pool to swim in as they say so i'm really glad it's been such a positive experience for you i know that the tech army itself is very grateful for the input that you've had and we do you do realize that of course you never leave you know you, no. you just go into, no. you do you go into the reserves but we've got you full time for the time being but, correct uh, correct yeah well listen thank you very much for your time today josh uh, it's been great to talk to you and i think that's there's some great messages out there for uh, existing volunteers and future volunteers to to take encouragement to join the tech army no that's it's, it's been a pleasure um always always a pleasure talking to you kirsty and i'm sure we'll be on future zoom calls as well no doubt no doubt thanks very much Doug. no worries thank you that's such a great story oh, uh josh is loving it. yeah it's really good it's really good. it's heartwarming to hear these stories um and uh yeah, it's just amazing i mean i wish maybe i don't know how many podcasts we need to do to speak to everybody that's uh, volunteered but um over a thousand clearly but uh great to hear the stories isn't it and so i believe Kirsty, we've got another new feature this week uh you've been busy and you've uh set up uh some one of our scottish tech army volunteers uh, wendy stubbs to be able to uh, give us a bit of a play out in terms of the credits for the podcast and also how to get in touch um so take it away wendy our podcast music is by whiskey kiss our logo is by helen davis at porridge design if you'd like to know more about what we do and how to get involved, you'll find us at www.scottishtecharmy.org or on LinkedIn and on Twitter at Scottish Tech Army.